the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. If you've been following us, uh, we've been hovering around that subject of hope uh, since Holy Week. Uh, We talked about the hope of our salvation. We talked about the hope of the resurrection. Uh, We're going to talk about the, the hope in Jesus ascending to heaven and, of course, the hope of Pentecost. So this is part of a, a series of sermons uh, designed to speak to us of the greatest thing that we possess in this world, and that is the hope of Jesus Christ our Lord. So uh, today we continue that series with a message entitled, the armor of hope. And our text is taken from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 to 18. Um, and I, as I always do, read from the New International Version. Verse 14, Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I visited a terminally ill um, mother of one of our friends in a convalescent home. And her condition, by the time I had visited her, has gotten worse. And uh, she wasn't able to talk or have any kind of a meaningful movement in uh, her body. You know, I could sense that she was in a great deal of pain. And, you know, if you're a pastor and you're visiting people in the hospital, that's the most difficult part of, of ministering to people. You run out of things to say. What do you say to a person who's just awaiting, um, you know, her final moments and who is in a great deal of pain? So that's very difficult. And obviously there's nothing I can say or even do to somehow uh, lessen the agony that the person is going through. And I, and I could always go to the Scriptures and just say, let me, let me read um, to you a portion of Scripture, portions of Scriptures. But what do you read? I certainly can't read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, she's still alive. But somehow, you know, the, the, this, this, this passage in Ephesians 6 it keeps, it keeps coming to me. You know, somehow, you know, I, I feel like I needed to read this, this passage to her. And I, I just brushed it off. 
you know, that inkling. I brushed it off because, you know, it didn't make any sense. This is hardly a, you know, a set of verses that you read to people who are in agony and pain awaiting to die. So, I, you know, I tried to, to give her some encouragements instead. A little things like uh, telling her, are they taking good care of you? Are you, are you being given your pain medication uh, regularly? Uh, are you able to... Um, you know, get the basic things uh, that you need uh, offered and, and, and served to you. And she would give me a faint smile and a, and a faint nod and uh, as if to acknowledge that, that she's getting all of these things. And suddenly it dawned on me uh, that she wasn't really struggling so much with a physical pain. She was afraid, perhaps, of the prospect of dying. She was scared. There's a real battle going on in her heart and in her mind at that moment. But it wasn't physical. It was a spiritual battle. There's a real battle that's raging in the inside of her being. She has lost all hope of ever recovering. And now she's facing the prospect of death. And she was terrified. And all of a sudden... It made sense to me. And I read that passage to her. <laughs> I had no choice but to simply read that passage. And as I read it, it all made sense. We are all in a battle. And our great battles are not so much with the, with the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. Now, these eight verses talks about our spiritual, the, the spiritual battles that we face in life. And the armor that it speaks about is none other than Jesus. And God gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that victory is the armor of our hope. So this armor in Ephesians chapter 6 talks about Jesus as our hope, the armor of our hope. Now, these, there are eight verses. We're going to concentrate on just five of them. Uh, and these are not just words, uh, you know, that, that's designed to encourage people, you know, when they're dealing with their struggles in life. But these are words of hope. The word hope is not mentioned in any of these verses, but it is infused with spiritual hope, with eternal hope. Hope is the real victory in spiritual warfare. Hope, like joy, doesn't come from us. It doesn't come from the earth. It comes from God. We cannot reproduce real joy, nor can we reproduce real hope. Only God can give us real joy and real hope. And praise God, he does. You know, the devil's most lethal weapon against God's children is the thought of hopelessness. You know, we can endure, uh, uh, you know, physical pain. You know, we can be relieved of that. We can, we can manage all other kinds of pain. Uh, but losing our spiritual battle... Losing our hope can be the end game for many people. 
But praise God, we do have Jesus as our armor of hope. Not everything we put our hope in gives us real hope. You know, there's many sources of hope in this world, you know, and people acclimate to those temporal, artificial types of hope. But true hope, eternal hope only comes from God. We can put our hope in people. We can put our hope in prosperity. We can put our hope in popularity. And we might gain some measure of hope, but they won't last because they're superficial. They're not real. Hope only becomes a reality when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, the armor of our hope. So our text gives us the seven realities that secures for us our eternal hope. Seven realities that secures our eternal hope. They're all here in this, in this passage, okay? Let me, let me give them to you all right now and then we'll break them down. There are seven realities foundational in making our hope secure. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the Word of God, and prayer. Let me repeat. The seven realities that secures our eternal hope are truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, the Word of God, and prayer. So this morning, if you have any doubts at all as to the meaning and purpose of your life or to your eternal destiny, these seven things about hope will clarify many of those spiritual questions you may have. So let's dive into it. Number one, the first reality of knowing the truth about our hope is knowing the truth about our hope. Truth keeps us honest with our convictions, okay? That's why it's important. If you, if you, have, if you and I are going to have any kind of hope in our lives, uh, we need to know the truth. Okay? And for Christians, truth is not a set of principles and philosophies and ideas. Truth to us is Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when we speak of truth, we're not talking about principles. We're talking about a person. It's Jesus himself. Now, what does truth, how, what does truth have to do with hope? Well, truth keeps us honest with our convictions. When we talk about truth, we're talking about standing for the things we believe to be right in the sight of God. It's our belief system. It's our worldview, if you will, that, that builds us in us a strong sense of convictions. That's what truth does. It keeps us honest with our convictions. Show me a person uh, without a strong set of convictions, and I'll show you a person who has no sense of direction in life. So if you, if you struggle with finding direction in your life, I, I can guarantee you that that can be rooted in a lack of a strong set of convictions, okay? There's no sense of direction, you know, that person runs around looking for stability and not being able to find it. There's no convictions, there's no hope for a stable life. You know, a man uh, without conviction is like a man with a 30-inch waist who wears a 50-inch pair of pants. You know what he does? He runs around holding the pants, hoping that they won't fall off. What does he need? If a person like that with a 30-inch waist wearing a, um, 
a 50-inch pair of pants. What does he need? He needs a belt. Exactly. And that's what the Scripture says. Put on the belt of truth. Okay? That's what we need. So it won't keep us from falling. Do you have a strong set of convictions? What, where are they based on? Where you base your convictions makes a difference. The Bible says, stand firm then with the belt of truth. Let me say that if you frame your convictions on the teachings of Jesus, you will not only stand strong, but your hope will be secured. When the evil days come, and those convictions will lead to the reality of the hope of heaven one day. So, truth, we got to know Jesus' words, okay? That's where it begins. Truth builds our convictions, and conviction stabilizes our lives. And when your life is stable, your hope is secured. It's just that simple. There's no rocket science. But there's a second reality that secures our hope, and that is righteousness. You notice I'm going through this very fast because there's seven points. Now, righteousness builds our hope. Okay? How? Because it keeps us conscious about moral purity. That's why righteousness is important in our life, lives. It keeps us conscious about moral purity. It says in here, it says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. righteousness. Uh, how does righteousness secure our hope? When the Bible talks about righteousness, it's talking about being on the correct side of God's moral law. That's what righteousness is. Being on the right side or the correct side of God's moral law. There is, loved ones, right and there is wrong. There are moral absolutes. When we are not clear on the issue of what's what moral purity is, we begin to justify things according to how we see or feel about those things. And as Christians, we don't base our righteousness, our moral purity on our feelings, on our popular opinions. We base it on what God says is righteous. And the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you put on Jesus. What does it mean to put on Jesus? You hear his words, you obey. Right? That's what's called being on the right side of God's moral code. Now, forgive me in advance. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to get political. I don't want to lose all of my endorsements. Especially thrifty stores and Payless shoe stores. I don't want you to cancel me when I say this, okay? There was a leak in the Supreme Court that says they were poised to overthrow Roe versus Wade, which made abortion legal in this country. That information leaked, and it didn't take long when people started mounting demonstrations rioting and even wanted to uh, protest churches going after the justices for this impending decision. So our political leaders were asked what they thought about these demonstrations. 
And this is what our most prominent leaders says. I want you to listen very carefully. They said, in essence, when people mount protests like this, it is good because people can demonstrate their righteous indignation when they mount a protest. Did you hear that? What are these people saying? They are saying that if you oppose the killing of the unborn, you are doing the right thing. That's what they're saying. If you demonstrate against those who oppose the killing of unborn children, you are doing the right thing. You know what the Bible says? The wrath of God is coming down to those who say evil is good and good evil. It's directly in opposition to God's moral code. That's where we are. Are you a Christian and you don't care about this? You have to care. This is not for us a political issue. This is a moral issue for us. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Before we were even conceived, God knew all about us. And we are His masterpiece. When we speak out against these things and whatever else people are calling good that is evil, we don't hate people. When we go out against gender confusion, when we go out against the homosexual lifestyle, it's not because we hate people. We love people. We want them saved. We want them to be on the right side of God's moral code. Because if you are found on the wrong side of moral code, God's moral code, what's left is His judgment. And I don't want anybody, Jesus doesn't want anybody to be on that white throne judgment one day. So it's okay. You can hate me if I go against this. But I'm going to tell you, it's better you hating me than God passing judgment on us. Abortion is the killing of babies. There's no other way to put it. And I realize that many of us believe that it wasn't at one time. But when we came to face to face with Jesus... Now we know the truth. And now we know what righteousness is. Who's behind all of this confusion? The devil, of course. Because, you know, how can we come to a place where we're calling evil good and good evil? How did we come? To the deception of the enemy. To our willful cooperation with the things that we're hearing. Let me say it again. This is not a political issue for me. This is not a whatever issue for me. This is not a rights issue for me. This is a moral issue, loved ones. It goes against God's expressed code of righteousness. There are moral absolutes. There is such a thing as right and wrong. And only the Holy Spirit of God can make a person conscious of God's moral law. If you have the Holy Spirit, you will know this. There won't even be a question in your head. 
when we speak out against these things, we speak it out of love. We speak it out of a sense of urgency that unless we change the way we think about what's right and what's wrong, that we will incur the judgment of God. There's a third reality that, that secures our hope, and that is the reality of peace. Peace. What does peace do? Peace keeps us focused on the cross. It says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Peace keeps us focused on the power of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross achieved for us both temporal and eternal peace. I, I, I hope that you all know that. The, the death of Jesus on the cross secures for us temporal peace as Christians as we navigate this life. You will have peace here on earth, you know, not peace that the world gives, Jesus says, because the world is not going to give us true peace. We're going to go through trials and tribulations and sufferings here on earth. But in spite of all of that turmoil in our lives, the Bible says, because Jesus overcame those things, we too will have peace while we're here. But not only that, we're also inheriting eternal peace because of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you know that you can have peace here on earth and you can have eternal peace one day, your hope would be much more secured. In fact, peace inside a person's heart will help us, if, if, if peace is inside our heart, will help us conquer all of our anxieties. I truly believe that. And we have anxieties both global and local, right? Local anxieties, you know, deals with, you know, our daily worries about our jobs, our relationships, and, you know, our personal medical situations and all of that. That can come in and, and be worrisome for us. And the Bible says that we can have peace through all of that. Because of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. But not, you know, we're, we're, we're bothered not only by the, the, the local, local uh, anxieties that we have, but also the global anxieties. We're still talking about pandemics. We're still talking about terrorism. We're still talking about, you know, anxieties and inflation. Have you put gas in your cars lately? My goodness, I thought I was, uh, you know, I, I couldn't believe you know, and, and uh, so I decided I, I, I needed to get fit, and I started walking. Save me some gas. I get a different kind of gas, though. These are the world reality. I mean, there are 10 people that got killed in some grocery store in Buffalo, New York, just yesterday. Um, and this is now becoming like a regular routine now. You know, you think about these things, you know, one day, you know, somebody can just come in and just... If you don't have peace, you're going to be worrying about that stuff and you're going to be locking yourself up and you're not going to be able to live, right? But we have peace. Why do we have peace? Because we have hope that no matter what happens, Jesus secures our hope. We have a hope of eternal life too. So if we fall victims to one of those bullets, hey, you're just entering heaven a little bit earlier. Oh, why does God allow things like that to happen? Listen to me again. I say it before and I say it again. Don't worry about that. Put your faith in Christ. He will take responsibilities for all of those things, okay? So don't worry about it. Stop asking questions like, why does, God allow, why does God allow these things to happen? You know, forget that. That's not faith. That's just doubting. You know what I think? I think God knows what he's doing. I think God knows beginning from the end 
Because he's outside of time and he's outside of space. Okay? I can put my faith in a God like that. Not a God who explains to me everything that I don't need to know. How many of you in this room this morning would like to know when you're going to die? I don't seem to see any takers on the challenge. Right? Do you really? Hold on. Oh, Pastor, please tell me, when am I going to die? Please, God, tell me the exact moment I'm going to die. You ever wonder why you don't know? Because it's about faith in God. It's about putting our faith in God. It's all about putting your faith in Jesus. Why are we asking questions like this that, that dismantles our hope? Why does God never blah, 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 blah? Let me remind you of something. When Jesus died on the cross, when he was buried, when he rose from the dead, when he ascended to heaven, when he sent the Holy Spirit, did murder stop happening? Uh, did injustice stop happening? Did, did calamity stop happening? No, why, why not? Why, why didn't the cross accomplish that? Because it's all about faith. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And you know what the problem with us is? We think that this is all it is. And that's why so many Christians you get all anxious about all kinds of things. You have no peace because you don't think God is responsible. God is responsible. Believe it, you'll sleep better at night. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.